0: Hey, whoa, yeah, this week on AEW Two Dynamite Dudes. Marcus and I kind of sort of preview ROH, Death Before Dishonor, but we mostly talk about what happened on AEW Dynamite and the unexpected retirement of Vincent Kennedy McMahon from Pro Wrestling and what that means for AEW moving forward. We also talk Dax Harwood's ultimate babyface promo. All that and so much more this week on AEW Two Dynamite Dudes courtesy of WrestleZone.com. Let's get man do i have a dishonorable person with me on the show tonight as always my degenerate dishonorable piece of shit brother marcus d'angelo marcus wow of ad free shows how are you
1: i'm i'm doing well dominic of of ad free shows or podcast heat or wrestling Wherever Inc. I am mlw pick one there bub just um, shake
0: it in a hat just just fucking
1: pick a lane already um stephen chambers what's up hey everybody uh Glad to be back. It's when was last we
0: missed last week, didn't we? we? missed last week. We missed last week.
1: That was literally all because of you, though. I was ready to go. And Little, then,
0: yeah, Marcus, uh, stuff happened. And then, um, yeah, it just happened. Yeah, so, yeah, Don was an idiot, asshole. I was, yeah, I was a moron, butthead. A moron. Mm-hmm. But listen, uh, I wasn't a moron on uh, the death before dishonor press conference. Uh, me, Tony Khan, rub some elbows. Um, and I, wanted to get i have you heard this yet marcus have you heard this uh, please fill me in okay well uh i have the clip here so um it's very intuitive i i was really happy with the question i asked and i feel like um i really hammered a lot of points home with it and what i wanted to get across i thought i had conveyed so I, i'll play the clip okay all right you're really digressing let's go yeah let's go let's play it thank you nick thank you tony and uh to, to bring us home we have Dom D'Angelo from Podcast Heat. Dom, you're you're up. You're the last one. Okay. Oh, Dom. Yep. I can't get Dom unmuted. Okay. Hmm. Well, uh, what'd you think of that? Boy, that was
1: that was riveting, Dominic. Really well done. Very professional.
0: I thought so. Um,
1: yeah. You know, it's I'm I'm sure Tony was impressed.
0: I, I'm sure I um really wowed everybody, uh Jim Cornette, who's been critical of those uh media scrums, I think I really uh I really hit the point there. Wow,
1: yeah, really well, it's some you know the power. Well, I'll tell you what, journalism isn't always easy, but you certainly make it seem easy.
0: You, you know <laughs> if you get a bunch of journalists in the room, whether they're actual journalists or not. Uh, you're up for a party. You're up for a good time, okay? So
1: so Dom, what yes. what the what the fuck happened there? Were you did was that your fault? Was it a technical issue?
0: Listen, I don't wanna I do not wanna push blame on anybody. I would I will say I downloaded the app. The app was on my computer. I initially had it on my phone, got a little concerned about the phone, so I was like, listen, I'm gonna go with the computer. Trust trust in the, the massive meat of technology that's in front of me. So uh I had it on uh initially too. Uh, the little hand that you have in the corner, it's green and it looks up. So it looks like you're on, right? It looks like you're ready to go. Well, here, the hand needs to be on red. If you click it on red, that means your hand is raised and you can put it back down to make it red. So that really confused me. anyway. But anyways, I got the last question on there. It was ready to roll, had my headphones in, had the stuff go. All I had to do was wait for the organizer to unmute me. Some miscommunication or something weird happened. And it still said the organizer muted me, and I could not speak, and I was not unmuted. So, well, you really uh,
1: fading the heat there, Dominic.
0: I um, felt like uh, the, you know the episode of Bob's Burgers where um, he goes to the baseball game, and he wants to get his, his burger joint plugged? And yes. he, <laughs> Gene couldn't starting, remember the name. Gene can't remember the name, and he's like, Bob's Burgers! <laughs> Bob's Burgers! I felt like that. I felt like Bob Burgers.
1: That sucks, man. But, hey, you'll get another shot. I'm sure Tony Khan only hates you a little bit following Yeah, that.
0: only a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I have a dislikable face, and now with the mustache, it's probably even a little bit more dislikable. So Wait a um, minute.
1: Uh, Stephen Chambers is possibly breaking news here. oh what's going Tully on? Tully Blanchard. I, maybe I didn't watch enough of the program, or I was working while I watched it. Tully Blanchard sold his whole faction to a manager named Prince Nana.
0: Prince Nana. That's uh, He's originally from uh, uh, ROH.
1: And now they're the embassy. Wait a minute, is the pot is is the paper view going on right now? It's the preliminary
0: matches, so yeah, we picked the right time to do it. Um, Got it. Do the paper per view preview. Hey, you right know what's going
1: on? Tully Blanchard on my TV in any capacity,
0: I'd co-sign. Well, that might be. The, I, he was there, Marcus. He I don't know, like he was their manager. Now it sounds like he's not. Right. So, but Is this
1: like Stephen? Fill us in. Did he like? Did he sell and walk away? Did, did he even make an appearance?
0: Oh, Tully was um, there, I bet. yeah, he was there last night on Rampage or Friday night on Rampage. Wait, what is today? Saturday? Yeah. So he was there, I, yeah.
1: I like Tully Blanchard a lot, so I'm I'm hope I'm hopeful that you know him and and Arn and Jake and all these kind of legacy guys are going to get a little bit of a, a larger role.
0: Well, the thing is, is like he has like we have barely have seen Tully Blanchard since he left FTR, and then um, you no, know, maybe he just doesn't want to do it at this point. I don't know. Like who knows? I who mean, knows? it's
1: uh, when's the last time we saw Arn? When's the last time we saw Jake? Yeah, it's, it's true. It's been a minute. Hmm. Jeez, oh man,
0: Nasha, we do. We got great timing. We're really good at all this uh picking the times and everything like that. Initially, I wanted to start at the seven p.m., but Mark is like, "Can we do seven 30 And hey, I have been uh pure uh scum when it comes <clears> to, <throat> to scheduling So I was like, "Yeah, we're well, we gonna do seven thirty. Let's do seven 30. I mean, uh, pure
1: scum in general, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, Dom, let's, let's dive into to this, you know, it's so you, you know, you, we, we listened to you pat yourself on the back because you're a great job with the press conference. So I did let's, a good let's job. Just, yeah. yeah. you want to hear it again, I can play it
0: again for you if you want. God,
1: no. Let's okay. go ahead and keep on rolling, baby.
0: Well, we'll, uh, we'll just talk about a little bit of dynamite here before we kind of touch on some of the main matches of Ring of Honor. Uh, dynamite, uh, how much did you watch? Did you get to check any of it out? Uh, where are you, where are you sitting on this, Mark? I
1: was working while I watched it, but I caught uh I caught enough of it to be impressed with mm-hmm. with uh the Darby Allen uh Brody King oh, situation. Great. Yeah, that was that was a that was one of those matches where ordinarily I'll fast forward through the commercial break, but uh you know, cause I'll I'll wait a little bit and then watch it after it's recorded a bit so I can fast forward through the breaks. But mm-hmm. with that I was like, I don't know, I kinda wanna watch the picture in picture with this. You know, he was just ragdolling Darby Allen. Um, it feels like a, I'm glad that Darby Allen took the L because now he's kind of fighting from underneath if he continues uh, working against
0: members of this faction. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to see Brody King win. I think, you know, uh, in a lot of ways right now, Darby Allen can be Teflon. He's somebody that can take a loss and still bounce back from him because he's a scrappy dude, and he's proved that he's able to be a champion at this point, like, you know, TNT and all that stuff, and be, and be at the top of the card in main event if needed, too, I think. Uh so Brody King a win means a lot more for Brody King winning than it would be for Darby Allen win. So I was, I was definitely happy. It was a pleasant surprise actually to see that happen. So- uh Dominic
1: Isam, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, Isam Isam Walker um is saying without Cody, Arn really has no purpose. Um I don't know. I disagree. I think that Arn I, I think Arn adds a lot of value to the product. Um, I think that you could probably pair him with some, I mean, obviously he's got Brock Anderson. Um, I, I think that that's entertaining in and of itself, just Brock and Arden coming out there and like, you know, Brock is like kind of trying to work his way up to his dad. I mean, that's a storyline really, if you think about it, you know, maybe, uh, Brock trying to work his way out of his dad's shadow and, but with his dad's coaching, I don't know. I, I think it's, I just think it's really interesting. And I also think that one of the things that I really, really liked about AEW whenever it first started was the fact that they do uh, pay attention to legacy talent and they do respect legacy talent. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, him and Jake, uh, he's saying, and Jake needs his own stable so he can be out there even when Archer isn't there. I mean, Dom, I, I could see Jake as being a part of House of Black.
0: That would be kind of cool. I could see him... Who was teasing a little bit of, a, like, a darkness kind of, You know who... Okay, this is pretty good. Um, so... It's, we'll get to this match later on, but it's, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. has uh, kind of expressed, like, oh, man, you know, like, just things are kind of iffy with varsity blondes. He likes to run, but he wants to show more of a darker side, things like that. Pairing Brian Pillman up with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer might be pretty damn cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not
1: sure how I feel about it. I do know this. I think that, you know, as much as I enjoyed the, the Brody King and Darby Allin match, could it— on paper have been enhanced more if jake the snake was at ringside i think he could have
0: yeah um and you know what having jake there you know i think uh, alistair black's uh geez alistair black malachi black is uh pretty damn decent on the mic but i think (laughs) Getting Jake involved in that makes could add another layer to that for sure. You know what I mean? Yes.
1: I, I mean, you know, you want to talk about being able to, to find that interesting dark place kind of uh in your mind. You know, Jake was, re- was really the master of that on mic. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that that could have been cool. And, yeah, like I said, like him, this, seeing him ringside with one of those guys or all of those guys anytime they come out, I think it's good stuff.
0: Yeah. No, you know, you want to see, I think <laughs> – wrestling's at its best when it's a variety show and I think uh from a variety standpoint you need a little bit more of some of that legacy talent mixed in now we did get that with Sting staring down with Malachi Black and all that stuff which I think is fucking awesome I think that's kind of my favorite thing right now with AEW is that
1: uh yeah, I mean, I, I could, I, I you know, there's value there for sure. Uh, I wonder where it's going to go. Is Sting going to wind up having a match against him? Is it going to wind up being like a triples match, which is probably the way it's going to go? Like Sting, Darby, yeah. And somebody.
0: Yeah. So yeah, where, uh, Buddy, Buddy Matthews is hurt, I think, right now. So it could just be uh, Sting and Darby. Brody, Brody King and uh, yeah, Sting and Darby. Yeah. So, I was going to ask where Buddy Matthews has been. I haven't seen him I in forever. He's hurt. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people hurt. There's a lot of people hurt. Uh, that's not the question I was going to ask, Tony Khan. So uh, the question I was going to ask, if I had the, my mic got unmuted or if technology was became my friend. If you had been smarter at the time, go ahead. Yes, uh, all of the above. I'll admit that. Um, but I think my question. Well, my question was going to be, hey, so we have a big roster. You guys have a big roster, and a lot of talent to work with. With death of dishonor coming up, or before dishonor here. What would you think to highlight certain talents and make them feel more important? It's there a lot of talent gets lost in the shuffle. Are you concerned with that? And where would you go with it? And um, that's kind of what I was going to go with. That was going to be my question.
1: I feel like you're really ruminating on this press conference situation. And I really harped like, on it. Uh, <laughs> I, I've got to be honest with you. I'm. I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm. just gonna go on a limb and say nobody in this chat gives a fuck no. about you and your press conference. Yeah. No, so let's go ahead. Really. Let's, let's let's just go ahead talk some dynamite. Okay. Um. Oh, Nesh is saying, is Jericho in Kingston finally done? I hope so.
0: They kind of put a pin on it. I think. You know what I mean? It's like Jericho Law well, won, but Eddie threw him through that fucking barbed wire uh, gimmick thing at the end. So that yeah, kinda, could kind like of you kind of write
1: it off, right? I didn't really like that. You know, it. Yes, uh, he got thrown through the barbed wire gimmick. I uh-huh. think that uh, I, I that felt like a compromise. Like, okay, well, Jericho yeah. needs his win back after after uh, Eddie beat him. So we'll, let's give Jericho's win back, but we'll keep Eddie strong by by throwing Jericho, you know, uh, into the barbed wire. It's like they were doing barbed wire stuff all match. Okay, yeah. so we we saw it. Um, here's how you keep Eddie Kingston strong is have him make him the guy that Jericho just can't fucking beat.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. I mean, again, to what well, mentioning Darby Allen, I think Jericho's even more Teflon than Darby Allen is at this juncture. Like you can have him lose. Right. And then you can have him. And if Eddie, Eddie's the world beater and then you get Jericho, get some big ass wins after that, but you couldn't beat Eddie Kingston. And, you know, um, friend of the show, by the way, uh, what? friend of the show um and you know it's that's how you kind of build
1: people and make interesting angles is like holy shit Eddie Kingston you know Jericho can't beat him then you have Eddie Kingston maybe go on a little win streak and next thing you know it's like okay uh, you know right now Eddie Kingston versus Wardlow you're like oh Wardlow's winning but if you build Eddie Kingston enough and make it just seem like Jesus,
0: this guy with his fucking back fist and his ruthlessness and if you get like, the, 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 I mean Eddie already has like big fan heat going so if you get that <laughs> building up and building up and right building up and building you just keep up.
1: going and going you know I would I would kick that can down the road for the next like four or five months and then you know it's like hey he's gonna come up against Wardlow you you continue to establish him and then all of a sudden it's like wait a minute if he's gonna face Wardlow who goes over because Eddie's been unstoppable Wardlow's been on unst- you know what I mean it's just uh, to me it's uh you have him beat Jericho and then you have him continue it's how you build a new star
0: I know this might seem kind of jumping ahead, but I want to get your perspective immediately. Like, kind John, of. John, what's up? What's up, John? What's up, uh, everybody? Uh, if yeah, you guys, everybody, Stan, you, Steve, throw them on out here. Yes, questions out here. We're ready to. We're ready to answer. And oh man, you here. know,
1: hopefully Dominic, Michael, work, and we'll be able to answer you any mean, question on, you have.
0: I'm not muted. Marcus is just fucking placating me this whole time. Uh, but what I wanted to ask overall, what did you think of Dynamite? As a presentation this week, like, well, you know, card. it's
1: there. There, Tony Cons doesn't have a, a full deck of cards to play with here, right? Uh, with with all the injuries, so I, you know, given that, it's it was great, you know. Yeah,
0: okay, you you were all for it, huh? Yeah,
1: no, he, he, like, I think I think he did a good job. Uh, you know, remind me of what else was on the card, and I can. Wait, oh wait, the uh, shark cage situation. During yes. that whole thing. We can but, talk about that. Uh so uh, there were some cutaways and stuff and there was a little confusion. Stephen Chambers, I like where your head's at. We'll address that in a second. Um it, some cutaways and confusion. It, was it that uh Taya could not get the uh Conte? Ty Conte. she couldn't get the she couldn't get the lock undone, yes. and the guys wound up just sliding out of yes. the cage.
0: Uh-huh. So Um, that's like, um, that doesn't do much, that doesn't do much for the cage where you see the, the jail cell and you're like, those guys, that cartoon could go just totally walk out of there if you want.
1: It it just completely like, so I I understand the urgency where they're like, Jesus, we got to get to the ring and and do this thing, you know, just slide out of there. But it's the minute that they all come pouring out of the sides, like a, like it's a clown car. It's like, why are you staying? Why are you
0: waiting for it to unlock it in the first place? Um, maybe they think they couldn't get, maybe just depth perception was bad. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, there's sports entertainers. I I don't think um, depth reception kind of ties in with that. Maybe if you're more on the technical side of things of wrestling, you'd be able to see, get through that.
1: I'll tell you, I don't, I don't wasn't crazy about it. Kind of, kind of shattered the illusion. I understand that you know there's a time limit. and We've got to get this thing done. But it's like, man, it's. A boy, I, I wonder... mean, though honestly, if you're gonna,
0: you, you gotta rehearse that. Yeah, uh, you know you
1: know at the very least i'd be like trying to make it look like i'm spreading the bars you know or tell a guy like hey you get on that bar. side yeah like you, you get a guy on the other side and afraid. you're right it what i mean you know it just even if you can create like a quarter inch like oh man that quarter inch finally i'm able to squeeze the, like something to help us suspend his disbelief was hager in there huh was hager in there yeah
0: okay get hager to do that
1: he could do that right do some superman shit and just
0: spread superman. spread them bars Spread them bars. Um, yeah, I mean, like, people really shitting on that match uh, on Twitter. Scott Hoof doesn't like it. Well, um, yeah, but I I didn't think it was, like, the worst match in AEW history. Was I a huge fan of it? Not really, but it, I, there was some spots that were just like, like, did you see that chair spot that Jericho ha- happened? Oh, it was, that was, yeah. that was scary.
1: You know, as, as we're talking about this, I'm remembering more and more of that match that I watched. And yeah, a lot of that match stunk. It but... was,
0: and like some of the, I mean, when you do those kind of matches, you kind of have to really embrace it. And in certain aspects they did, but there was some stuff where it's just like, you're not putting all into it. I understand why you're not doing it, why you aren't fully hitting him with the chair like that. But why have it then if you're going to do it that way? You know what I mean? God. So it's like... You know, let's uh, reward on that. And hey, let's be forthright here too. AEW has done a lot of these bloody barbed wire, hardcore death match things on the regular—a little too much. And um,
1: so, look, I, the match—the match, the match stunk. But honestly, I—I I go into those types of matches like it—it it wasn't like I was watching it like what the fuck. Like yeah, I go no, into—I like I, I go into these kind of bloody matches where I'm just like, this match is probably not going to be great. You know, as ordinarily they're not. Ordinarily, it's just like a big gore fest, and uh, it's, it's it's you know, it's it's the pro wrestling equivalent of going to one of the Saw movies, right? It's You're not going there for the storyline, you're going there to see some gory, fucked up
0: shit I don't know, happen. but I Saw, it's kind of, is that, am I weird that I was kind of like intrigued by the story more so than all the gore and violence in it? The,
1: I mean, the story, so maybe Saw 1, you're like, hey, I can really get behind this story. I never when saw you, Saw
0: 1, I only saw Saw 2, and then the rest going forward.
1: Well, you if you saw Saw Two, Saw Five, Saw Eight, Saw Thirty, it's all the same, Dom. Somebody's got some people trapped. He's fucking with them. He's making them do terrible things. Let's play. Yeah. It's, uh, so you know that those barbed wire matches are. Uh, I see the entertainment value, but it's again, it's 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 the pro wrestling equivalent of eating junk food.
0: You know, I thought there were some good aspects about this episode. Um... And we'll touch upon those. I thought some of it showed a little bit of uh, wear and tear uh, of how AEW handles some things and some, a little bit of sporadicity. I know that's probably not a word. And I'm supposed nope. to be, a, nope, uh, sp- a little sporadic, if you will. Yeah. Um, the, and there was just some like holes in the chinks in the armor, if you will. So I think, um, yeah, there's some stuff that kind of needed a little bit uh, tightened up. Tightened up and uh a little bit um like the segment that I was not a fan of was um Dark Order backstage with Hangman Page. That was that did not hit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, no, I did not see that part. Fill me in. So uh Okay, so Butcher and Blade are backstage. So are John Silver and uh Andrew Reynolds. That's his name, right? Alex Reynolds, I'm sorry, geez. Alex Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And so they present, hey, uh, John Silver's a meat man. He loves meat. So Butcher's one of his favorite wrestlers, he says. So he presents him with a shirt that says Butcher. And, like, Butcher Blade are like, what the fuck is this kind of thing? And then Alex is like, oh, we got you a shirt too, Blade. It says, and he's like, oh, this says Butch too on it. And then Butcher and Blade start beating the shit out of him. And then here comes hangman page in for the save this is all backstage and stuff like that it just did not land well
1: i mean yeah. it, you know if you kind of think about it who's the heel in this because uh, because like you know you've got the, the the funny guys who aren't very funny and they're kind of like sort of picking a fight with these guys and after they do and these guys are like hey fuck these two you know they're coming up here trying to make fun of us then hangman page is like hey who's beating up my little band band member friends and then uh, it's it's weird, dude. It's weird, and it's like very it's thrown together. It feels like it, it doesn't make a lot
0: of sense to me. Hey guys, I, I know we're supposed to be on top of uh, <laughs> on top of what's going on with Ring of Honor and stuff like that, but I I I don't to before I don't have the pay per view right now. So if you want to uh, keep me updated if anything big changes, let me know, and we can talk about that too.
1: Yeah, dude, um, talk to us. Um, so Dom
0: earlier, Stephen Chambers said. Oh, yes. Let me pull this up. I saw what he said. Where so the far. fuck is it? I think it's. No, that's not it yet. Uh, look in here. Look in here. Here we go. Boom. There uh-huh. it is. I'll treat it, Mark. Uh, Kingston
1: versus Claudio. It, they have some issues in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and that's the kind of stuff that even Eric Bischoff put that kind of thing over where he was saying, like, the fact, like, I don't need to know that they had the past. But this was in reference to Eddie Kingston and CM Punk, um, where, you know, they were kind of judging up, you know, they have a history together. And Bischoff's like, you know, in a nutshell, like, I, I don't need to know that they have a past. But if you tell me about it and then you kind of start giving me some background on it, kind of like little bits here and there, you know, all of a sudden it's like the story's kind of starting to suck me in where you're creating interest and you're creating like this, like this long-term storytelling between these two. And I think that the same thing could be done for uh, Claudio and Eddie Kingston.
0: Oh, hundred percent. Like you looked, I looked into their history with Chikara and uh, you know, Claudio was the heel in that and Eddie was the defending champion and all that thing. And it was really, it's really intriguing stuff. And Eddie, like that's the cool thing about Eddie. And that's why people like Eddie so much is that he's like authentic and he'll keep, you know, true to like past feuds and ties and all that stuff where it's like he adds that extra layer for fans that want to pay attention or that interest. And, and so-
1: Dominic when we had uh A Kingston on the on the show here, friend of the program. Yes. He yes. uh I brought up Claudio no Glee to him when I was talking about like some of the some of the big names that he's faced in the Indies in the past. When I did, he like he very evident, very clear eye roll situation. Yeah. Right. Like, like annoyed uh, by the idea of Claudio Castagnoli. So, like, here's the thing, you know, if they start this feud dumb down the road, we can go ahead and dig that up and fire it over to Tony Khan be like, hey, man, put this in the old video package.
0: You know what? You throw that in there, you know? Yeah. Hey, you remember me? I'm the guy
1: who I'm the guy who couldn't get my mic to work during that press conference. Yeah. You know,
0: remember me? I'm, a, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that, um, <laughs> that kind of fucks a lot of things up <laughs> when opportunities arise.
1: Uh, Steven Chambers just says, uh, Steven Chambers on fire right now. Um, he just asked, Where are they going with Hangman? Are, are they keeping him back whenever Omega comes back to see the rematch, or is he trying to be the leader of the Dark Order? What is going on? Uh, that's a big question here.
0: Um, well, Marcus, okay. Well, let me start with this here then. Uh, if you bring when Omega is healthy to return, which is rumored to be around to all out, maybe that's the projected date. Who knows, though? Uh huh. Would you bring him back as a heel or a baby face?
1: He You have to bring him back as a babyface because he's going to be a babyface because the crowd it, it wants to see him. He's, and been, there's your he's answer been gone right there. for
0: There's your answer right there. You pair those two up again. Have them be buddies. They don't necessarily have to be a tag team because we saw that already. Or a you heel turn finish? for hangman. I mean, motherfucking finish here. No, okay. please. By all means, yeah.
1: So, hey, Dom, your mic isn't working. No. Could you uh, repeat working. that? I know. They, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no. So, <laughs> You don't necessarily have to pair these up as them up as a tag team anymore, but they're friends. They look out for one another, much like a Mox and an Eddie Kingston did at one point. So I think you can definitely do that. That's a good way to charge up Hangman. Issue is, here, here's here's where I would go with Hangman. Here's where I would go. I would put him on ROH. I know you have a, you know, you gotta work out a TV deal. That's pretty important. Getting the TV deal done and all that stuff, but um, a change of scenery and uh vying for a different world championship i think makes plenty of sense for hangman page and you can kind of reestablish him too in that regard i mean the, him with dark order uh it's i don't i'm just it's i get it but it's also uh we've been here okay we've been here so um it's kind of where i feel about what any any other thoughts about hangman on that i mean you know
1: Kenny Omega comes back. He's a baby face. So, yes, the, your options are you team them up or, and this is kind of the one that I like better, you turn Hangman heel. Okay. Um, th- and honestly, it's I, c- I could see him go- turning heel by absolutely destroying the members of the Dark Order at some point. He's I mean, like maybe he's supposed to be like or helping him out or whatever.
0: He's the one who kills the Dark Order. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, let's have him come out and maybe, you know, like, I mean, involved in. he ends
0: it. He that's ended. what I,
1: that's what I'm saying. You have him come out and with like some kind of a big tag match as like their guy to help him out, then just have him beat the fuck out of all of them, mm-hmm. um, and then let's get rid of the Dark Order, repackage some of these and guys. That's the guy who ended the Dark Order. Yep,
0: I like it, Marcus.
1: I think I think it's the way Dom. Mm-hmm. I like uh, it. Yeah. Plus, and it, enough of this pairing him with people, or he's got to have a buddy he's or a factions buddy. or whatever. Make him this this. Cowboy, make him Clint Eastwood. You know this this solo horse Eli rider,
0: Wallach. Eli Wallach. Make him yes, Wallach.
1: yes. Let's you know. It, w- there's not enough of that, and that's the kind of personality that gets
0: over. Hey, you know what? To uh, William Regal on his podcast, "Gentleman Villain." Everything yeah. he said is pulling from outside of wrestling, and he said like he's seen so many carbon copies of wrestlers that uh, come into the business starting off because they're just going by, "Hey, I want to be like." I, like uh, Dexter or Walter White or like somebody on this current television program. Everybody likes Steve from Stranger Things. I want to be like Steve. Well, here Regal's like, don't pick from that stuff. Pick from stuff like outside, way outside, and everything like that. And it does, and you can create something that's very, very interesting instead of something that you're we're all used to seeing at this point. And you want to be original. Originality is key in wrestling. And you in like if you're really like boiling it down to like the the nuts and bolts of everything, like nothing is going to be your own creation. You're going to pattern it off something, but that's fine. Wrestling steals from everybody, but you got to make it your own. That's the key. And so um, who is the dude,
1: the new guy who looks like a young guy? I think he was maybe involved with WWE in
0: some capacity. Yeah, you're talking about uh, two dimes. Uh, Cole Carter is his name now. Yeah, I already forgot what his name was in fucking, and we're part of the D'Angelo family.
1: <laughs> so you talking about him, or rather you talking about lack like of originality? And look, he's a young guy, and I think that like, he's got the tools. Good looking kid, uh, he seems like he's a good worker. Um... He has a good presence. He looks great. Yep, but like you know, as he's walking down to the ring, he's doing that classic wrestler, like smiling, and then like he's pointing to somebody out, you know, off the ramp, like, Yeah, yep, there's hey. the guy. But it's hey. like, I guarantee that that guy didn't say anything or do anything specific to elicit that reaction, right? You're just doing that because it's like one of those movements that you do as a wrestler when you're feeling uncomfortable and you're walking out, like, Yeah, there's that guy, and hey, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? It's like I know, I just know that if I were backstage and I saw that guy afterwards, I would be like, you need to think about like with the guys that you like in wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. how would they behave? Would they do that? So like the rock, you ever see, I mean, baby face rock did that Rocky Maivia when he first came around, uh, he was doing the whole, like, eh, mm, and like big smile stuff. Um, but like, let's say he likes stone cold, stone cold ever do that. And, Undertaker, dude,
0: fucking great. I know this is off topic too, but listen, I transcribed an interview for Wrestling with Stone Cold. Uh, he talked to the after. he was talking about like how uh, he was like, you know, flipping off fans and stuff like that. And uh, the whole hand signal thing was really catching in, so like, you know, DDP had the diamond cutter and blah blah, blah and all that stuff. Vince McMahon wanted Stone Cold to come up with his own hand signal, and uh, he was like, no. <laughs> and he's he just kept doing the middle fingers yeah i was gonna say he did
1: it was the middle yeah. finger
0: yeah he's like no i'm not changing it <laughs> he wanted something different than middle fingers he's like no i'm not doing it
1: but um uh stephen chambers what happened between claudio and gresham opening match says what saying wow maybe it's still going on yeah it's probably still going on what oh he's he's just saying wow because it's the opening match
0: yeah that's it that's why i'm wowing too well what are you closing the show with
1: what a well maybe probably ftr what yeah, a, what that. a banger of a way to open up the show, though.
0: Tell you what, that's, a, that's the world title
1: right there. Right. Well, and uh, Isam Walker. I'm sorry if I'm mm-hmm. mispronouncing your name. Uh, he's saying that Jim Ross trying hard to sell him as a badass. I think he's referring to Hangman. Uh, but with Brody King and Miro and Wardlow, you know, he's he's really not an ass kicker. Should be. Should they should just play off of his athleticism and love for drinking? Hate the drinking. Um, I I don't know that that's that's a strong a strong way to present anybody but uh, I agree there's some there's some pretty big badass dudes but look it's hangman page is a big dude um and I, th- I think he's got the capability to come off like a badass but not when he's like palling
0: around with the, some goofballs i I'm more with you on this hill turn to think because you can really you can make him like a loner cowboy kind of thing right but you can also make him really manipulative and make him like this ruthless dude yeah like fish does not give a fuck, but will use people if need be. And like You know, you know
1: everybody <laughs> likes Johnny Hungy. Make him do a stretcher job after Hangman Page just beats
0: his ass. Yeah, it's like you have plenty of people on the roster right now that you can, like, you know, send off or, like, put away for a couple months or things like that and then bring them back if you and want. guess what?
1: You'll like them more when they come back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that old Johnny Hungy could certainly do with a repackage. Cause... How would you repackage him, though?
0: I, I, I'm curious if you have something in mind or anything like that. Uh, something more serious. Uh, sure. Cause, yeah.
1: Cause look, I, I like the guy's work. I like his look. I think he's got a unique look with his size, but the fact that he's such a big bulky dude. Um, he's so he's like,
0: athletic. He doesn't. Yes. Shit.
1: Yes. So like, I, I see the potential, but it's like, look, man, you know, you're, you have found the dead end in the maze and you're just, you just keep standing in the same corner with that gimmick. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going anywhere um is it amusing uh maybe still a little bit at times um but
0: i will it be amusing six months from now it's like listening to a musical artist like a lot of the times sometimes you do like like you want them to stay true to themselves and like you know what you grew up liking them like i think it's something somebody like the, the strokes like one of my favorite bands and your favorite bands is like you know they they play some songs that You know, harken back to their first Is It album, you know. Mm -hmm. But they also changed their sound and style and identity a little bit. You know, whether it hit or miss, it was still different and it was still intriguing. I mean, and as a Strokes fan, they've always kept me intrigued. So um, you want to see that not just with musical artists, but with creative artists in any aspect, and that includes pro wrestling. So um, Johnny's good at what he does, you know. He's funny, uh, but I think it's yeah,
1: enough. Well, look, enough. it's you know the the people say funny doesn't make money, and I don't know that I agree with that necessarily because some funny gimmicks, like, some okay, funny okay, gimmicks work.
0: Yeah, I think that's money too, in a lot of ways.
1: But you have to change it, um, and you have to you have to make alterations. Mm-hmm. Um, we can let's, let's circle back to that. But first, Nesha's saying drinking worked for Stone Cold. It did. Um, and look, some drinking I think can work. Uh, like if you're if you're cool drinking, like stone cold drink, you like you know hit somebody with a finisher he and then crush a, a beer. He
0: Certainly.
1: did, but then he he you know you mix yes, that right. with the with the depressing drinking, and uh, all of a sudden it's like once he does the cool drinking. After that, you're like, wait a minute, isn't he like an alcoholic? That's less cool to watch him do that. Yeah. Um. He's sad. Right. He has right. no friends because <laughs> it appeared that he was struggling with alcohol, and then yeah. it's like. Okay, so that that makes it not fun to watch him drink ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. So, it. Uh, anyways, I digress. Uh, the, the funny stuff is, yes, I think that there's money in, in funny. I mean, you look at the stuff that Edge and Christian were doing uh, in oh, WWE. Wow. Yeah, they were, they were fantastic. But here's the thing is they kept doing different stuff. They changed mm-hmm. it up. It wasn't the same thing week
0: after week. Yeah. And, and they, they had believability too, like Edge – with somebody and Christian were somebody like they were a good tag team. So like you believed that they would could beat somebody too. They yes. were just they were jokers but they were like heelish jokers that would get the win and manipulate or change or, or have Kurt Angle help them out or whatever happened, you know. So yes. Uh there's definitely room for comedy and wrestling. There's like I said it's a variety show, but you want to keep it fresh and keep it keep things going.
1: Dom, were you out on where you at on Orange Cassidy at
0: this point? You and I oh, talked cool. about we had talked now, about him thing. at length. I think he's uh they're not putting him in the forefront as much as they should. Like I liked him on commentary this week. Like he very much added very little to commentary while he was on there with like William Regal and stuff like that. But um, you know, if you're making the best friends be more of these heelish, ruthless people, you have to get Orange Cassidy, I think, away from that. And I think um, you know. That should be maybe his next feud coming in. Uh, Orange Cassidy, I'm always on in you know, on Orange Cassidy. I just think he's he's such like 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 Jeff Hardy, an enigma, but in a different way, and that he um he really can reach out across a mainstream platform if positioned right, and so yeah, I'm still for him, and I, I just think they need to. Do something a little more different with him, and maybe they're they're going to that part. But I think uh, right now it's kind of in a purgatory that I'm just like, let's let's get him out of that. You know what I mean?
1: Here's and look, I I can see why so many people see the value in him, and I do too. Um, but here's here's the issue: is you aren't giving him very much TV
0: time anymore. Which exactly. which is, of course you know there's there's a lot of people on the roster. That's that's a problem. Like go ahead, I'll finish your point, and but I do want to touch upon that too. But when
1: you're doing that, uh, here's here's what the issue really boils down to: is that because he's not getting much TV time, that means you can't really tell a story with him. And with uh, when you can't tell a story with him, that means he's stuck doing the same shtick week after week every time he comes out for a match. Um, And so, like we we've seen it, we've seen the the old chin super kick and the little the little kicks, and you stuff your hands in your pockets and the camera zooms in.
0: Like uh, we've
1: we've seen. So here's here's the problem though is. We need to see that shtick in different circumstances, yes, Um, for it to work. So if it's just the same thing and he comes out and he like puts somebody over afterwards or whatever it is, um, just this continual situation, it's uh it's 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 not working.
0: Well, so I think you know they need to. I think it's okay, but I'm totally with you. I think he needs to be Orange Cassidy be Orange Cassidy, but he has to be doing it in different circumstances like you'd be like oh man that's kind of intriguing what if he's going against the best friends like Orange Cassidy against his old friends that sounds pretty interesting or like hey what about Orange Cassidy versus like a crazy kind of gimmick and stuff like Malachi Black but
1: that's what's interesting so him and best like we don't see much of best friends so like so like if if he wrestles best friends why do I care anymore why do I
0: care why and like why do like maybe you want to get me interested in the best friends and trent Beretta and his new like i but to your point into what i was wanting to talk about was the fucking tv time it's i think that's such a they're they're trying to fit everybody in on there and they're trying to make it a variety show but it's a lot of variety it's too much variety like it's too much trying to get everybody in on on the program where you really do just okay these are they have pillars but you have to act like, and you know they have their their four pillars, four or whatever it is. But you you need to have like maybe like okay, at max maybe eight pillars that you can work with that you really want to put a focus on throughout your whole program of uh, five weeks, I mean five hours of television every week. Like you have to you have to just kind of hone it, and it's so tough with you and the talent. You there's so many talent I want to see like flourish and do well, and like I'm excited about and things like that. But they it just it's like pushing back against you're trying to squeeze everybody in there and everybody's getting lost in the shuffle. And here's
1: the thing, too, with Orange is he's he's a baby face and he's a smaller baby face. So you can't have him up against other baby faces. Like, you know, people were talking about the, him wrestling Wardlow and how that, that was wrong. And you kind of buried Wardlow because he was having a sell for this guy and whatnot. And look, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that, you know, you've got two baby faces in there. It should be a back Marcus, and forth situation. Uh,
0: one, one of your favorite wrestlers of all time. I agree with you on that. But,
1: you know. But... I don't. I don't think he should have been put in the position where he's sharing a ring with Wardlow in the first place. They're both baby faces. Why is it happening? We've got we've got enough people on the roster that you can get Wardlow in there with a heel. Um, so I understand the whole idea. Like, oh man, it's it's you know two of our favorite guys are getting in the ring. It's it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So like the fact that, that okay you're in this and you have two baby faces in the match, I'm good with it playing out the way that it did. But it should it shouldn't have happened that way. If you are going to have Uh, orange cassidy involved in a storyline it needs to be against intimidating heels who
0: he can overcome i think some aspects of things i kind of agree with you i think when you do have a comedic character like orange cassidy is i think you can kind of get him away with like facing a, a different type of baby face that's uh in contrast to him so like I'm like, like, I'm just, this is who just I thought up of the top of my head was Eddie Kingston, like friend of the show. You like put him like that's something that could work, you know, for, but it's like, you want to make, you want to make it make sense to It's just like, it's the problem. It's the ongoing problem of just a huge roster and making people feel important. Um, Now, this is more of a broader topic, but, you know, I cover the ratings for Wrestling Inc. every week and so i know like it's plateaued like they're still you know at the top aw dynamite still at the top it's still you know gets a great demographic rating and is good you know and i'm sure like you know tnt tbs are very happy you know with the numbers but it's not growing it's not growing it's staying a certain aspect do you think uh that's just the the state of the business and the industry and society right now hey maybe wrestling's just not you know not can't can't get to higher level or do you think it is the issue of if they put like if they kind of what i was just saying and you were saying too with tv time giving it the appropriate to appropriate amount of stars you know and all that stuff do you think that could elevate the ratings more than what they are at this point
1: I think that Dom apparently uh, knew ROH champion Claudio. Hey, all right. Which I'm in favor of. You know, I love Claudio. Um, So I think that all those fans are still there. I think Mm -hmm. that all those wrestling fans are still out there somewhere waiting for something really intriguing to happen to bring them back in. You know, you hear Conrad Thompson talk about how he was a lapsed wrestling fan until one day he was flipping through the channels and he saw Hulk Hogan in all black standing there with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And then it sucked him back in. And he's he's been a pro wrestling fan, diehard pro wrestling fan ever since. So those people are still out there. Just like conrad was where they've lapsed where they're like hey the product sucks what's this some new some new promotion you know and because they haven't been watching for a decade or whatever they're like i don't know any of these people why am i going to watch this like i know cm punk but wasn't he like a you know the u.s champion why do i care about this guy um so i I think that you need compelling storylines um and that's what's going to bring people in as far as the roster is concerned and dominic i gotta i gotta leave here soon But as far as the roster is concerned, here's what I would do if I was Tony Khan is I would find a way to narrow down my roster and I'd do it by this method. I would go back to the heyday of like WWF um, Raw. So let's say like 1998, 1999, I would watch or I would I would get somebody uh, on my team to compile a list of all of the people that appeared on raw over the course of one month so every single superstar that appeared how often they appeared etc cetera, etc cetera. and i would use it as my formula for my roster where i would say okay so here's what was working is this amount of human beings being used uh and you know how and much then TV you've got time
0: did a top star like austin get or how much top tv time did a star like ken shanrock get like, right, but then also it's
1: happen. like were there were there people on the roster that simply weren't being used? I'm sure that there were, Absolutely. and and then and then they wind up getting released. So it's like you narrow down your roster. How many? What what is the final number of individuals that got used over that period of time? And if let's say it's 25 people in general, okay, I need to cut my roster.
0: Yeah, I I, you know, I don't I don't like no.
1: but but look, it's you're not going. It, you would release them but i think you're bound by a contract so those people will continue to get paid but i I,
0: huh? are you hearing a mic hearing a mic are you hearing a mic issue no okay good now you don't okay no i i'm with you on that uh yes you don't want to see people get cut but it's it's a lot of people and again you can use a formula like you know, a volleyball team, like I've said before, rotate people in and out, have them go away for weeks, make maybe make, make, make a season kind of things like that. If you wanna, if you wanna keep things fresh and keep things going, since you have to get going, I do want to touch upon a couple of topics just real quick. Dex Harwood's massive babyface promo uh, as a father, Marcus, a new father. It, does that promo hit with you a little bit differently than it would say when you weren't a father?
1: Yes, absolutely. No question about it, you know, because you, as, as a parent, you get to kind of see that sort of helplessness that your child has and how much you love them and how, you know, you kind of do anything for them make any sacrifice for them. You know, like when he was talking about his daughter having a hole in her heart, which by the way, is, is a relatively common thing. I actually, my niece has that or had that situation, um, but it's scary. It's, it's really scary, you know, with somebody that you you care about so deeply. So it's, uh, you know, you can really relate to it and it made me relate to him more you know and it's like look if it, the the demo is what 18 to 45 there's a lot of dads watching and i think that a lot of dads are like yeah it's you know that would it would be hard and it would be incredible to watch your kid fight through that and be be as strong as you want to be for them you know so uh so yeah and it to me it was it was it was great it was about as good as it gets for a babyface promo
0: his delivery was really good too yes yeah impeccable mm-hmm. okay I think, you know, we kinda of buried the lead here. Kinda of buried the lead a little bit. Uh Vince McMahon <laughs> retired. Vince McMahon t- retired. He's out of here, man. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that. Um what does that mean? I guess on a smaller scale in a certain round by way for AEW, but what does Hold that up.
1: mean? Hold up, Nesha's saying Nesha's pointing out it's the same situation for moms. And yes, I I didn't oh, mean yeah. to leave the moms out of that. Okay. Yes, of course. Uh, same
0: same thoughts and feelings. That's for feeling. Parents. In general, oh man, absolutely. I mean, like, 100% right, Nesha. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, McMahon, uh, hanging up the old, uh, the old, uh, tie or whatever. I don't, know. I, say, I don't know, but whatever. But he's he's done. Uh, reports saying that he's completely done, creative, everything like that. You know, I'm sure he's gonna have some sort of say, and I think he, there's been some reports that have said that he's. You know, we'll have a little bit of say and everything, and yeah, he's still watching. Uh What does this mean for AEW, and what does this mean for wrestling, Marcus? I mean, like moving forward, it's because you look—it's Nick Khan and it's Stephanie McMahon, both as co-CEOs. It's Triple H, not John Laurinaitis, in the head of talent relations. Bruce Prichard is still there. Um uh, Kevin Dunn, right now, still there, but you know, there's
1: John. John Laurinaitis is
0: gone, right? He's gone. Now, yes. I think technically he's on administrative leave still. There hasn't been an official report that he's been really cut. But he's, like, by all regards, gone. <laughs>
1: Nesha nailing it. He hung up the old
0: grapefruits. Dumb. There you go.
1: You uh, got Nisha. it.
0: well done. That's the way to do it. Well, yeah, well done, Nesha. You it's no time for that. But, Mark, fucking crazy. I sent it to you, and I called you, and you are like, I don't believe it. He's still going to be – you know, creative doing all this kind of thing. I mean, you know, from what it sounds, it's like he's not gonna be there. So and already I think people were making notes that like Michael Cole is calling uh it not the WWE universe but fans and maybe that's just like a coincidence or mishap little thing. But nonetheless it's just like what are you kind of expecting from this? This could I mean we talk about forbidden door. This could open a lot of doors, not necessarily maybe super big crossover thing, but it opens a lot of doors for, hey, wrestling, including WWE, is going to be very interesting. Forward. Where do you stand on all this? Well, when it comes to Vince, I, you know,
1: as you know, I'm I'm really not counting out the possibility that he's just kind of quietly con- going to
0: continue running things behind
1: the scenes. Maybe- I mean, and
0: let's be forthright too. If these allegations didn't come out and you know the this another big shoe is about to drop, Vince would still be doing what he was. He'd still be there yes
1: um i will say you know that uh, in 1995 he brought in bill watts and bill watts was going to help him kind of run some of the day-to-day of, of operation of the business and bill watts seemed to be under the impression that he was going to uh he was going to be handling most of the the business and the direction that the company was going on and creative et cetera, et cetera. well bill watts quit after a short period of time because vince mcmahon just continued to do his job and uh, that's kind of what I see here. I think but that he's
0: not there. He's not I,
1: physically there. You don't have to be anymore, Dominic. That's them. Internets. Them internets have changed the world.
0: I'm sorry, I'm not good with technology. So, <laughs> right.
1: uh, I I'm not saying that Vince McMahon is being disingenuous. I think he is genuinely saying, like, "Hey, look, I'm I'm done. Seventy-seven. Time to retire. It's over." But I I think that Vince's like, look, you, you don't get up and do the same thing every single day for, like, 50 years or whatever, and then just one day be like, I, I feel perfectly fine with, with walking away from this and saying goodbye. Nope. Um, so, yeah, I... I that, that's where I'm leaving this. I I, I think it's pretty open ended, and I would not be shocked at all if we continue to uh, see some of the the same old same old at uh, WWE. But let's pretend for a second that we don't, um, and that Vince is officially done. I think that things could change dramatically in that. He, you don't have to run all creative through him. So we might get a little bit more free, free flowing creative going on. If, if triple H is helping out a lot, he's a really smart guy and he's got a good wrestling mind. Um, and maybe now all the ideas are running through him. So when these kids, you know, who like are like 22 or whatever, and you know, wrote for a soap opera for six months and now they're working for WWE. If they're coming up with weird ideas, I think triple H is going to shoot them down. Um, so yeah, I, between that and the possibility of going back to PG 14 um think could get pretty 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 interesting or TV 14 rather things yeah. can get pretty interesting
0: that's I think you know you and you think about all the people that have been cut from Wde like unceremoniously and for like really uh out of the blue kind of thing the, a lot of those guys like I, I keep thinking like killer cross and um you know you know, people that just weren't pursued even, like, or Samoa Joe, I mean, I know he's in AEW now, but, I mean, just, like, guys that are still on that free agent market, you know, you could see them coming back in the WWE full baby, and if that's, if that happens, like, Triple H, Triple H knows what he's doing, and he's, like, you know, I think just the position of him having to go up against a new program on AEW, like, Wednesday nights, everything like that, the deck was, very kind of stacked against them, especially staying stationary in one studio like like thing. He's not going. He's not touring live. He's not has the, doesn't have the benefit of live crowds. There's a lot. There is the deck stacked against him, and like NXT was a better product than what WWE was be putting on. Like if you're if you're really like looking at it from you know stepping back and looking at it.
1: Um here's you know so uh, this week's episode of Grilling Jr. The subject is Triple H, 1997, and on that episode, Jim Ross talks about how in in this era, you know, he would ask Triple H's opinion about stuff a lot. So would and apparently so would a lot of the other talent. Uh, they'd they'd be asking Triple H's opinion on like what they should do with their character, storylines, stuff like that, because Triple H is smart and he knows what he's doing and he knows wrestling and he's got this like old school mentality. He was trained by Killer Kowalski, like he's just one of these he's he is a pro wrestler. And I think that he could really change the the
0: dynamic in WWE if if the creative is uh, flowing through him. Now, are you concerned with Nick Khan and Stephanie being like co-CEOs? Too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak? Or where do you kind of I have my own thoughts on that, but let's get yours real quick first. I,
1: I think in general, any business, it's like the buck needs to stop with one human being, mm-hmm. um, you know, where where it's like the final say, you know, if, if you've got two CEOs and one feels one way about something and one feels the other on a subject uh, that creates issues. So I think that it's really going to come down to like a deal breaker, like one person, his word, his or her word is bond, is gold. And, and that's that. So, uh, yeah, to me, it's having co co leaders of a company is not a good idea.
0: Um, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. And like, maybe even just from a job title perspective of it, I understand though, like, Hey, maybe, you know, you still want to keep the McNam McMahon, McMahon name in the, in the fold of things. So Stephanie CEO, like kind of thing. Uh, I think Nick though is just somebody that can really like, who he's, Shown the capability to reach out to that bigger audience of what WWE's been searching for, like monetarily wise, they've been fucking killing it, and that's because Nick Khan like doing well.
1: What he's, he's also cut a lot of talent, which by the way is not wrong. Um, but you know but your numbers, that- your numbers are going to improve when you cut
0: millions of dollars worth of. It's worth a of fair talent. point too. It's a fair point too. I also think though, you know, he's he definitely has a connection of sports and and building it out and making it bigger into the realm of what WWE kind of should be focused on instead of like the kiddie kid, you know, audience kind of thing. That's they've kind of been like rotating their tires through throughout the past, how many years right now? So I think he's kind of broadened that a little bit now with Stephanie. I think she has that name, the, by all reports, like, you know, talent loves her and that she's like definitely on their side and they really respect her and her triple H together. Their husband and wife, you know, they're going to see a lot of things eye to eye, too, when it comes to, you know, wrestling philosophy and how, how things are handled. and Whether that's right or wrong or people kind of agree with it or not, at least they're still on the same page with another, I believe. So it's just like you have that one, two, that tag team there you have that insight of Nick Khan combined with it, there's some potential for it to be a a very positive turn for WWE. And I don't mean just from a business standpoint where we're just like, oh, they forgot about the fans, they forgot about us. I think from even now a fan perspective, hell, this is, I mean, this is a good thing for for what, you know, all things considered. Now, will they get sold? Will they go to somebody else? And will Disney or, you know, Netflix or some other uh, entity that's not familiar with wrestling ultimately have the power that's a wait and see kind of situation. And that could very much play into, you know, how W is positioned and, uh, executed. And so yeah. that's another aspect. Yeah. We well, uh, I'm with, I'm with Steven, give it a month or two and let's see where we go. I'm with them too. You know, it's like, it's not going to be an immediate change. We, a uh, SmackDown was pretty decent for what it was, what I, what I watched about it. And, you know, uh, it's just going to be, take some time to do that. So, uh, all right mark after I shark, roll. we're okay we we got starcast coming up man oh man uh look it's uh, there's a lot
1: going on in nashville next weekend dominic and i will be there live and in person um so not only is it wwe SummerSlam, but it's also starcast so it's uh, the biggest and best wrestling fan convention out there period uh all your favorites are going to be there um it, yeah, so there's there's that there's going to be a bunch of stage shows associated with, with Starcast. So some of the live podcasts of Mick Foley, Kevin Nash, uh, Matt Hardy, the list goes on and on. So we got that going on. But then by the end of it, Dominic, July 31st, it's Rick Flair is going to walk that aisle one last time. And
0: uh, hey, we will Mark, be there. where do you decide on this? I mean, you, you you know, pulling back the curtain here, you work for both podcasts. What's do you have an allegiance here? Uh, <sighs>
1: You know, Dominic, it's. I really can't, really can't disclose where my allegiance lies. My allegiance lies in a successful show, Dominic. How's that?
0: Wow. How about that? A pure wrestling
1: promoter. (laughs)
0: Take right there. (laughs)
1: That's that's where my interests lie, Dominic. Um, But yeah, it's look, it's. Nesha says she's going to be six hours away in Mississippi. Look, if you can make it, make it. Um, You know, Arne Anderson said on his podcast this week, "If you knew that Muhammad Ali was boxing in his final match, wouldn't you do everything you could possibly do to be there? If you knew that Babe Ruth was about to take his final at bat, uh, wouldn't you want to watch it happen?" That's what's happening here. We know definitively Rick Flair is done after this. This is the end of well, his career.
0: Hey, never say never. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm I'm never. saying never. I'm saying,
0: You're saying never. never. You're saying this is
1: it. I think that Ric Flair really regretted the fact that he had to come out of retirement after the Shawn Michaels situation. And I think that he wants to be sent off in the right way and an entire show dedicated to the nature boy in the municipal auditorium in Nashville. uh, Doesn't get much better. So uh, the old JCP set. uh, So just so you know, this is a JCP promotion. This is Jim Crockett promotions are back and they're saying goodbye to Ric Flair. I mean, come on, man. It's, it's, it's a big deal. If you can make it, if you are in proximity, if you are if you have the funds to get a flight to get a ticket to this, you need to be there. It's a big deal. It's, it's a really, really big deal for wrestling fans. So please go out of your way um, to check it out. And look, if you can't be there, there's still an option. You can go to FightTV.com tv and uh, you can you can catch it all on pay per view, all the live shows. You can still see Ric Flair's last match. So look, there's there's options, baby.
0: Marcus, do you accept my challenge, by the way? I, th- I threw that out a couple times at you. I have not heard a response. I think uh, you uh, have a bit of a limber tail.
1: Well, you know, I, I just view that similarly to like when I'm driving my car and a fly gets in there, starts oh. like buzzing around me.
0: Hmm. You know, I open
1: up the window, wait for the fly to leave. You know, I don't actively... I'm busy. I got things to do. I don't actively swat the fans.
0: I mean, you can talk about me, you know, just being a a minor nuisance or whatever, but... Mm -hmm. Well, Jimmy, I'm going to fight you, and I think I could kick your fucking ass in front of uh, everybody in Nashville.
1: I'll be interested to to see you test that theory, Dominic.
0: All right. Well, I mean... There's been a lot of shit talking. A technology, you—that's your tag team partner. You can have technology. I, bikes turned heel on me today. I fell off my bike, and now I just have books to rely on. So it's me and books versus you and technology. Uh, well, potentially, if you want to accept this challenge, if you're not a fucking pussy.
1: Well, you know, it. it's look. I'm. I I encourage you to get like a McFoley barbed wire wrapped baseball bat or something to give you some look, kind of advantage. I would get biography wrapped in barbed wire. Cause look, if you if you come after me at any point, I will beat the shit out of you right there in Nashville, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen,
0: I no, don't sing it. You're all bluffing, no stuff, Marcus.
1: Dom, that's, that's just saying we have to do a show about it down the road. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll talk about our experiences oh, yeah. um, in Nashville. It's, I mean. It really, as a wrestling fan, it doesn't get much bigger. You get the the biggest and best wrestling convention out there. You've got all these live stage shows. And then to cap it all off at the end, it's Ric Flair's last match. What a loaded card it is. Um, it's Again, it's Jim Crockett Promotions coming at, coming back. It's uh, Man, it, as a wrestling fan, it's going to be heaven.
0: Are we going to Tootsie's? Or is that going to happen? Rooftop party down?
1: I think, I, yeah, probably. It's, I don't know. We're going to be working a lot. Hard to say. We're going to
0: be busy. I'm you know not only do i you know yeah we got a lot of stuff there's
1: yeah. there's a lot going on so you know it okay, we might,
0: we might be able
1: to we might be able to wrap it up at like you know let's say we wrap it up at 9 p.m uh, i might just be like look i'm fucking beat i'm going
0: to bed <laughs> like we woke you woke up at like 6 30 now we're right, just, just right. on our feet all day yeah you never know. I don't know you want a picture though what mark 10 bucks 15 where are you
1: at uh what for us $10 oh, bucks? Yeah, if you want a picture with us, you know, you stop us there on Broadway or whatever, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, hey, you just buy me a beer. We'll
0: call it Square. You know what? That's pretty fair. You know, fucking, I'll do it for free. Okay. No. that step, stuff nope. look like the I'll do Yeah, it. no, I'm not doing it for free.
1: <laughs> I'm the baby face. i like the other degenerate brothers calling me. I got to go. Oh,
0: boy. Whoa. Party down. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, you know what? We won't see you next week. We'll see you the week following on two. Two what, Marcus? Two down, my dude. See you guys. All right. See you guys.